I'm going to continue talking to you this morning about growing as a Christian, about growing as a Christian, how to help you strengthen your faith, how to help you draw closer to God. I have people come up to me all the time and say, Pastor, would you pray for me that I could be closer to God? Or would you pray for me, Pastor, that my faith will be strengthened? And I'm going to show you some very simple things you can start doing today. Don't take me wrong when I say this. You don't have to pray to be closer to God. I can show you some very simple things you can do this morning that I guarantee you will help you be closer to God. Uh, You're here this morning. Obviously, you want something, and I'm going to show you how to strengthen your relationship with God and how to be a closer Christian to Him. Now, what I want to do first is I want to strip away the religious language. I want to strip away the church words that we use. And there's nothing wrong with church words. I'm not saying there is. But I want to strip all that away, and I want to bring it down to real life. Here's, here's the simplest understanding of Christianity there is. There's four simple statements. Number one, God created us. Number two, sin separated us. Number three, Jesus has reunited us. Number four, God wants a relationship with us. Let me read them to you one more time. God created us. Sin separated us. Jesus has united us. God wants a relationship with us. Listen, here's the simple, basic truth of Christianity, and that is God desires a relationship with you. So let's talk about relationships. I don't even want to talk about God. I don't even want us to think in terms of church or any of that. Let's talk about relationships. As I look across this room this morning, if I were to pick any one of you out, and I came up to you after church, as we dismissed, I grabbed you, and I said, hey, hey, I'd like to get to know you better. I'd like to begin to develop a relationship with you, and I'd like for us to become friends. We know two things would have to happen for that to happen. We would have to put time and effort into it. Let's say Emmett and I, I went to Emmett, and I said, hey, Emmett, I want to I wanna get to know you better. I want us to become better friends. Now, we're friends already, but I said, I want us to become better friends. What would we have to do? Well, you know exactly what we would have to do. We would have to take some effort, and we would either have to meet for coffee, or we'd have to maybe go play golf, or we'd have to go have dinner. Uh, we might go to a ball game together, but we would begin to spend time together and whether we had common interests, it wouldn't matter what we did, we would spend time together. And that would take some effort on our part. Then as we spent time together, we would talk, we would converse. I'd tell him about my life, he'd tell me about his life, and we would become closer friends. It's exactly the same way with God. It's exactly the same way. If you will spend time with God, you will develop a closer relationship with him. Now, the very first thing I talked to you about last week was starting church. Okay, hey, pastor, I'm a Christian. I've invited Jesus into my life. I mean, you guys are here. We talked about it extensively last week, and I don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about it again, but you're in the top 10% because you're in church. It's Sunday morning, and you got up, and you decided to come to church, and you're here because you want something from God. What did we find out last week? It's the very first step. If you were to come across the street to my office and you come in the door and you say, hey, pastor, I've accepted Christ as my savior. Now, what do I need to do to be a Christian? What's the next thing I need, the next step I need to take? I told you the very next step is to begin to attend church. If you will begin to come to church, you will grow, you will change, and your life will be better as a Christian. Now, that's being done. Let's talk about it. 
our services are generally 60 minutes long. If you come before service and you get a donut and you get a cup of coffee and you enjoy the Java Cafe, you might be here 15 or 20 or 30 minutes. So on average, if you come on Sunday, you could be in church for 90 minutes. That is a great start. Most Christians don't even do that. But you decide, hey, I'm going to be in church, and I'm going to be a Christian, and I want to grow. So you start coming to church. But you can't stay there. What do you mean, Pastor? If I only spent 90 minutes a week with my wife, would I have a healthy marriage? The answer is no. We know that. A healthy marriage takes what? Well, it takes two things. It takes time, and it takes effort. I put effort into working on my marriage. I put effort into spending time with my wife. If I only gave Vicki, if I went in and told her, sweetie, I'm a busy man. I got things to do. I got a church to build. I mean, I got things happening in my life. And sweetie, from 8.30 to 10, I can meet with you on Sunday morning. Well, we know what would happen, right? That would work for maybe, what, a couple of weeks? But after a couple of weeks, we'd have to have a come to Jesus meeting. Right. Because we know that's not enough time. Okay, now if I gave her no time at all, ultimately we probably wouldn't even stay married. But if I gave her 90 minutes a week, there would have to be more. Now here's the thing, all right? Your marriage takes time. Your relationship with God is going to take time. Now I want to show you a picture this morning of uh, if your wife were an automobile gentleman, this is what she would look like. Would y'all go ahead and put it up? Okay, now whether you're into cars or not, I don't want you to miss the point. That's a 2016 uh, Corvette Stingray. That is not a car. A Toyota Camry is a car. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Uh, A Prius is a car. Well, that's not even a car, okay? That's not even a car. Okay, that is not a car. That is a work of art. That is the pinnacle of General Motors Corporation. Now, here's what's interesting, guys. The woman is the pinnacle of all creation. See, the last thing God created was woman. Guys, you know what you are? You're nothing but a prototype. Okay, that's all you are. Yeah, when God made you, he looked and said, well, that didn't work. Let me try it again. Yeah, and then, and then when he got done with woman, he went, yeah, that's it, right? Right, that's exactly what happened. All right, now here's the thing. Now, don't miss the point. It doesn't matter if you like cars or not. If I had one of those in my garage, oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. My brain's not even working, all right? I would enjoy looking at it. I would take time and take care of it. Now, I don't know if I could even change the oil in it. I don't know if I could or not. But if I could, I would enjoy it. I would pull it in the driveway. I would put out my speakers. I'd put some music on, and I would wash it slowly, and I would enjoy every... I'm getting scary here, isn't it, right? Yeah, I'm getting... Pastor, you better be careful here, right? I would enjoy it. Now, when you drive that car somewhere, it's not about where you're going. Okay, well, if, if, that, if I'm going in that to get an Allsup's burrito, it would be the best Allsup's burrito I ever had. All right, now here's what I want you to see. All right, gentlemen, I'm not picking on you this morning, but the next picture is what most of us treat our wives like they're like. <laughs> yeah, that's Mater. Y'all know Mater? If you have children at your house, y'all know Mater. Okay, Mater's from the Disney movie Cars. And most men uh, don't treat their wife like a sports car. They treat her like a rusted bucket of bolts and that she's a tow truck. And, and you, you, sure, you, you sure don't spend any time washing a tow truck. You don't spend any time looking at a tow truck. If you have to maintenance it, you don't enjoy it. And the only time you would get in it was when it needs to do some work. Okay, some of you guys, your wife's a hired hand. <laughs> 
Yeah, instead of being a sports car. Now, Vicky has a, 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 what kind of car do we have? I don't even know what kind of car. It's just a car, right? And, and when we take it to get it washed, we take it down here and we put $6. We don't even do the $8 wash. We do the $6 wash. And we run it through the car wash. If I had a Corvette, that car wash wouldn't touch my car, right? I would wash it lovingly myself. Now, I know I took a little detour in marriage here. Gentlemen, you need to start treating your wife like she's the pinnacle of creation instead of a workhorse. God is the very same way. You see, God wants a relationship with you. And just like you would take time to take care of something that you love. And maybe you don't care about cars, but make it something that you love. A marriage takes time and effort. Now, listen to me. That's the second thing I want you to see. As a Christian, you're in church. And can I tell you something? I'm proud of you for being here this morning. I'm proud of you for taking time to come. And you're doing what you need to do to start growing as a Christian. But let me show you the second thing you need to do. And these are in order of importance. The second thing you need to do is give God some time daily. Give God some time daily. Don't just, now you got to start with 90 minutes a week, but you don't just give him 90 minutes a week. You begin to decide, God, I'm going to give you some time in my week. I want to read a verse to you this morning. I'm going to read James 4, 8 out of the New King James Version. And it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want you to focus on the first sentence. It says that if you will draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Dallas Willard said, the more you look for God, the more he's there. The more you look for God, the more he's there. Here's what I'm advocating this morning. Pastor, what do I need to to do to grow as a Christian? I want you to begin to think about giving God some of your time each day, just like you would any relationship. I give my wife time every day. And because of it, we have a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship. You can have a healthy relationship with God, a growing relationship with God, a close relationship with God if you will decide on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, throughout my week, I'm going to give God some time. Now, let me flesh it out for you. How do I do that, Pastor? I'm going to show you some very simple things that you can do. I want to read to you out of 2 Timothy three sixteen, <clears throat> And here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. And it's to begin to read your Bible. To begin to read your Bible. Let me read this verse to you out of 2 Timothy 3, 16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God, talking about the Bible. And it's useful. The Bible's useful to teach us what's true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what, to, what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That scripture says right there that God wants to use his word to help you as a Christian. Now, let me tell you the very first thing, and I want to flesh it out for you. If you've never read your Bible before, it's going to take some discipline to start doing it. And that's not a dirty word. It's okay. Nothing good happens in our lives accidentally. Listen, I've never accidentally lost 10 pounds. Right? Right. I weigh every Monday morning, whether I want to or not. And I have as few clothes on as possible. Okay? I've had nothing to eat. I've had nothing to drink. I hate being weighed at the doctor's office. I hate it. Because I've got food in my belly and clothes on my back. And I want to get in my BVDs 
So I weigh as less as possible. I hate that scale at the doctor's office, right? I weigh every Monday. I've never accidentally got on there and thought, oh my gosh, I've lost 12 pounds. No, no. But I sure have accidentally gained 10 before. <laughs> yeah, something called Christmas and Thanksgiving, right? Okay, you know this. Nothing good happens accidentally in your life. There's nothing wrong with using the word discipline. I want to encourage you this morning, if you will begin to make yourself read your Bible. Now, I'm going to show you how to do it very simply. Let me talk to you that you've never read your Bible and you don't even know where to begin. You don't even know what to do or even what to think about it. If you have a smartphone or an iPad or a laptop, a desktop computer, I want to encourage you to download the app, the YouVersion Bible. The YouVersion Bible. It has a lot of things on there, but I want to focus on one thing. Every single day, that app does a verse of the day. Now, they're not the only one that does it. You can Google that on your computer, verse of the day, and there's lots of resources. But here's what I want you to do. Now, I'm talking to those of you that have never read your Bible and you don't even know how to do it. Download the YouVersion Bible app, and every single day it will give you one verse. And I want to encourage you every single day to read that one verse. Now, here's what's going to happen. First off, you're going to be amazed at how the Holy Spirit will take that verse, and it'll seem like it's speaking right to you. It's so funny how that verse of the day will be right what you're going through, right what you need, and the Holy Spirit will use it to speak to you. Now, here's what's going to happen. If you'll decide to make yourself do it, you won't make yourself do it for very long because what will happen is you'll begin to grow and your desire for God's Word will begin to grow and you will want more. Now, if you do the YouVersion Bible app, right below the verse of the day is a little green box, and it says, read full chapter. You can touch that button, and the verse that that chapter, the chapter that verse came out of, then you can read that entire chapter. Now, here's what's supposed to happen to you as a Christian. You start small, you start gradual, and you will begin to grow, and you will begin to want more. Now, if that seems too random to you, or you say, Pastor, hey, I'm already reading my Bible, then let me encourage you to do this. Read the Gospels. Listen, if it's been a while since you've read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if it's been a while since you've read those verses, I would encourage you as a Christian to read through the Gospels. It will give you an amazing picture of Jesus. A great translation to do that is the New Living Translation. It's in everyday English, and you can understand it, and you will get a ton out of it. So you start with discipline, you start small, and then as you grow, you'll want more. Now I'm going to read you a verse. I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. This is in the New King James. Look at what's going to happen as you start reading your Bible. It says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word or the Bible, that you will grow thereby. Now, let me show you what this verse says. Leave it up for a minute. That verse says that the Bible is like milk. It's spiritual milk. And just like my granddaughter is eating milk and she's growing and she's gaining weight, if you'll read the verse of the day, you begin to read your Bible, you make yourself do it on a daily basis, you move from 90 minutes a week to a few minutes every day, that verse says right there, what will happen? You will begin to grow as a Christian and you'll begin to want more. Now listen to me very carefully. 
you can't be a strong Christian apart from the Bible. You can't grow as a Christian apart from the Bible. See, I don't believe you can sustain a Christian life away from church. I don't believe it. I don't believe you can sustain a Christian life from the Word of God. If we stopped feeding our granddaughter milk, she would very quickly die. I know lots of Christians who shrivel up and die because they're not feeding on God's Word, they're not being in church, and they're not growing and changing. I read an article just recently. They'd done research. And here's what it said. That if you read your Bible three or more days a week, three or more days a week, it will begin to change your behavior. Now listen, that's the rub with Christianity, right? You know what we think Christianity is? Well, you think it's sin management. See, you think Christianity is about you being good. Christianity is about you behaving. Christianity is not about you doing anything wrong. And you spend your whole life trying to do right, trying to get over doing wrong, trying to repent, trying to deal with shame. Listen, as you begin to read your Bible, do you know what will happen? Your wanter will change. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? What's my wanter? That's the desire to do evil or the desire to do right. Listen, if you've got things hanging on to your life, I don't know what it is. It can be any kind of addiction. It can be pain. It can be hurt. Maybe it's a bad temper. Maybe it's anger, pornography. It doesn't matter. We could do a list of 200 things. If you'll read your Bible three or more days a week, you will begin to walk out of those things. And those chains that are, those chains that are hanging on to you will begin to drop off of you. Listen, and your behavior will change. Not because you're being good, not because you're gutting it out, but God's word is doing surgery on your heart and you're going to wake up and be a different person. And that's where we're all going, amen? So take time to read the scripture. Now let me tell you a story. During World War II, young couples would get married. And then when they would get married very quickly, the young man would be shipped off to war. So, you know, a couple would go to the chapel, go to church, meet the preacher, go to the JP, they'd get married, and then the next day he'd go to war. Well, they had no communication with each other except through letters. Of course, there was no internet. We know there wasn't any of that. There were phones, but you certainly couldn't call a loved one in war in World War II. So here's what would happen. She would write her husband letters, and he would write her letters back. And here's what they found out. Couples who were apart two and three years communicated back and forth with letters. And when they got back stateside, they had a closer, more intimate, more live relationship than couples who were actually together stateside through, in, through the three years. The letters developed intimacy. And she would write a letter to her husband and she would encourage him and tell him, I love you and I'm proud of you and thank you for serving and I can't wait for you to get home and this is what we're gonna do. And he'd be encouraged and he'd write her back and she would be encouraged even though they never saw each other. Now listen, the Bible is God's love letter to you. And you see, you live on planet Earth. You live in a war-torn planet. You've been sent to war. You're not home yet. And Father has written you letters, and those letters are designed to encourage you. But if you don't ever read them, you don't ever get encouraged because you've been lied to. Because, see, you've been told just like I was told, oh, that's for old women and kids, or it's a book of rules, it's a book of guidelines, and I don't want any rules or any guidelines. That's, none of that's true. 
See, it was written to encourage you, to equip you, to change you. And you know what will happen? It almost happens effortlessly. You know as well as I do. Anytime you decide to do something, right? I heard a preacher say one time, if you decide you're going to fast for three days, that you're fixing to eat the most food in three days you've ever eaten in your entire life, right? You know how you decide, right, I'm not going to do this. And what do you do? You do it ten times before sundown. Okay, so see, I'm taking that out of it. If you'll take time, now listen, just daily, start small, but make a decision, I'm going to do it every single day, you'll grow in Christ. Here's the next thing I want to ask you to do, and it's very simple, and the church word for it is pray, but I just want to call it talking to God. I want you to begin to talk to God throughout your day. Now, I'm going to read the verse to you that Kurt already read this morning. Listen to what it says. It says in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen, very simple. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to worry or you're going to pray but you're not going to do both. See, if you've got something you're worried about, you know what that tells me? Well, it tells me you're not praying. Oh, pastor, I'm worried about the election. Oh, pastor, I'm worried about the future of America. You know what that tells me? You're not doing any praying. Because see, if you pray and you put it in God's hands, you don't worry. Now, this says four simple things. Number one, don't pray. Tell God what you need. See, just talk to him. Hey, God, would you do this in my life? Hey, God, just tell him what's going on in your life. Then it says, thank him for what he did yesterday. Hey, God, thank you for doing this. Hey, God, thank you for helping me here. Hey, God, I need this today. Would you move in my life today? Would you help my husband? Just talk to him like you would anybody else. You don't need religious language. You don't need to know the Bible. All you need to do is just start talking to him. Then you know what's going to happen. You're going to get peace. Now, listen, peace is priceless. See, if I set up a line this morning and I said, in this line, I'll give you 500 cash. In this line, you can have peace. I can tell you which line I'm going to be in. The peace line. Listen, peace is priceless. Now, how do I get peace, Pastor? I need peace. You don't worry. You tell God what you need. Talk to him throughout your day. See, talk to him throughout your day. Talk to him on the way to the bank. Talk to him on the way to work. Talk to him on the way home. How? Just like you would anybody else. If I got in the truck with you and we went to Amarillo after church, we're going to talk the whole way. So talk to God. Hey, God, I need this. Hey, God, I need this. Oh, by the way, thanks, Dad. Thanks for helping me yesterday. Thanks for moving on my kids' lives. Oh, and then you know what's going to happen? You're going to wake up and you're going to have peace. Now, let me make it real clear. I don't want to mess you up this morning. Hey, Pastor, I'm a Christian and I want to grow. What do I do? Number one, you be in church. Number two, you start reading your Bible. Start small. The desire will change your heart. You'll begin to want more. Step three, start talking to God. Now, listen to me. Listen. I know lots of Christians who never read their Bible. I know lots of Christians who never pray. And then they wonder why things aren't going like they want them to. I know preachers who don't pray. I know preachers who only read their Bible when they're trying to get a sermon. Listen, in my life growing up, God in our family was always a fireman. You know what that means, right? When do you call the fireman? Only in case of an emergency. Right? You don't dial 911 for fun. Right? One night in Ground Zero, the cop car comes slamming in and they came running inside. Who called 911? 
well, we've only got 100 cell phones in here. Well, whoever did it, please stand up. Right? Yeah, whoever did it, please stand up. All right. Man, my family growing up, we only called God in case of an emergency. Listen, I always wanted more than that. I've always wanted a daily relationship with God. Let me show you the last thing this morning. Step number four. Step one, go to church. Step two, start reading your Bible. Read the love letters that the Father's written to you. Step three, talk to him. Just talk to him. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you want and thank him. Step number four is called church plus one. Church plus one. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor? All right, you're taking these steps. Church plus one is you're coming to church and then you make a decision that you're going to find one thing in the life of our church and you're going to get involved in it and you're going to become committed to it. Let me read you a verse. I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs eleven, twenty-five. Proverbs eleven twenty-five. It says, the generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. The last sentence. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. What in the world does that mean? That means when you decide to get involved in other people's lives, you will be blessed and you release this promise. What are you talking about, Pastor? Our volunteers, I'm in Power Kids every week, and we have a room full of wonderful volunteers who help down there. Here's what they do. A volunteer shows up in Power Kids, and they help other people's children and grandchildren. They may help them go to the restroom. They may help them get some food. They may help them stop crying from skinning their knee. They may help them sit down and be quiet so the service can go on. They're involved helping those children. Teachers do it. All right? I'm not saying it only happens in Power Kids, but they're investing time in other people's children. You know what that verse says? That verse says, as I water other people's children, my children will be watered. My grandchildren will be watered. It's simply the fact of sowing seed. You know, they've done studies and research outside of church. This has nothing to do with church. That one of the most powerful ways for you to be happy is to begin to reach out and help other people. See, if your life is all about you, if your life is about your hurts, your aches and pains, your problems, your family, and we all know people like that. Now, there's none of you here this morning, I know that, but we all know that person, right, that all they do is drop and complain about how bad things are. Most of the time, those people are not involved in anybody else's life but their own. They've done studies that if you begin to help somebody else, you begin to reach out to somebody else, it will release the blessings of God in your life. It's simply Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given unto you. So the fourth step is church plus one. What do you mean, pastor? Listen, if you're tired of church, if you're bored with church, if you feel like you don't fit in here, the very simple next step to take is get involved. Get involved in Ground Zero. Get involved in Power Kids. Get involved in Java Cafe. Get involved in the nursery. Get involved at the Red Desk. Get involved as a greeter. Do something. Hey, I want to be involved. And as you water others, you'll be watered also. Now, just with the couple of minutes that I have left, I just want to leave you with, I want to make sure you understand my heart. Pastor, I want to grow as a Christian, be in church. Step number two is on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, give God some time. Hey, I'm going to take time to read my Bible. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to put some time and some effort into my relationship with God. 
and I'm going to begin to read my Bible. If you start with the verse of the day, or you read a chapter, or you read the Gospels, but read your Bible. The third step is I'm going to include God in my day, and I'm going to quit staying away from him, and I'm going to start talking to him. And you don't have to use Bible language. You don't have to, I heard somebody say one time, you don't have to use these and thous unless you're talking to Elizabeth. Elizabethan English. Just talk normally like you would to anybody. And then step number four, if you want to go ahead and take the next step, is you get involved with God. Now listen to me. Your faith will grow. You'll feel closer to God. You will feel closer to God. Listen, the easiest thing I do on Sunday morning is stand right down here and worship God. And when I close my eyes and they begin to sing those songs, Jesus is right there with me. And he and I have a personal time of intimacy the entire time we sing those songs. Nobody else is in this room. I don't know what anybody's doing. I don't know what anybody on this platform's doing. I don't care what anybody on that platform's doing because I'm right there with Jesus. You know why that happens? Because I've put time and effort into my relationship with him. And when I talk to him in the car, it's as real as talking to you right now. When I drive around, he talks to me and I talk to him. And we have a personal relationship because I put time and effort into it every day. I have the same thing with my wife. I put time and effort into it. Now, I want to give you one more tip. There's lots of good devotional books you can use. One of the ones that we promote here is Jesus Calling. Vicki has one. Last Christmas, we sold several of them have Jesus Calling. It's amazing. There's good men's devotionals. There's good women's. You know where you read a verse and it tells you a little story? Vicki does Jesus Calling. But here's what I want you to understand. Vicki went to a conference with some other young couples here, and they said something that so lodged in my heart. They said that a devotional is a spiritual vitamin, not your meal. Now, listen very carefully. I want you to understand what I'm trying to say. It's a great place to start. See, if this is a devotional book, Vicki reads it every morning. She reads Jesus Calling every morning. But she also reads Scripture. She also prays because she's grown to that place. See, here's the thing as a Christian. If five years from now you're still doing nothing but reading the verse of the day, something's wrong because it means you're not growing. Does that make sense to you? See, if, you, if you're reading a three-minute devotional on your way out the door because you're in a hurry and you've been doing that for three years or five years or ten years, something's wrong because you're supposed to grow. You see, I want more. And when you read your Bible, I guarantee you, you'll want more. See, don't, don't think, oh, I don't want to do this. It's going to be hard. No, it's not hard. You'll want more. And then you'll have intimacy. You'll have strength. And you'll grow as a Christian. And then when somebody comes up to you and says, man, I'd just sure like to be closer to God. What do I need to do? You can say, oh, it's very simple. Come to church, read your Bible, pray, and volunteer. And I guarantee you, you'll grow. Now, let me just ask you this one question, and I'm going to stop. If you stay on the path you're on right now, you stay on the path you're on right now, you keep doing spiritually what you've been doing right now, where will you be this time next year? Where will you be? Where will you be spiritually? Will you be closer to God? Will you have a more intimate relationship with him? Or have things kind of leveled off? If you do what you've been doing, where will you be? Maybe you need to take one of these steps. Maybe you can take a couple of these steps. God, I'm going to begin to read my Bible. God, you begin to show me what it says. God, I'm going to talk to you. And as I do, I'm going to begin to change. And the change will be effortless because God will be doing the changing and not you. Amen?
Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Father God, I love you this morning. I thank you for the simplicity of Christianity, that it's nothing but a relationship with you. Lord, my heart this morning is that each of us just take that next step in our journey, whatever that is for us. Whatever that looks like for us, we just simply take the next step. Father, I pray grace, I pray strength, I pray encouragement over every person in this service.